Life Church, I want to talk to you about where God is taking us and that if you'll jump in and truly join us, where's this bus going to end up? Well, we have a vision. That's what a vision is. A vision is just what's out in front of you. We've had this vision statement. You've heard it before, transformed lives. And then we have this phrase that's beneath it. I mean, a transformed life, that's where we, where we believe God is taking us. If you'll jump in with us, that your life will be transformed. But then we have this tagline that we feel like describes it well. And that tagline is a transformed life has gone from being drained by this world to being energized by God. Now, I've had people when they first read that, like, gosh, doesn't mention Jesus. Isn't your church about God and about Jesus? Why use that word energized? Well, I think they're kind of concerned that maybe we're about energy crystals or something crazy like that. Friends, it is all about God and Jesus. But here's the truth. I've been through a lot of ups and downs in my Christian experience. And at my lowest spot, where I was far from God and I didn't really care about the things of God, if you had asked me, Brian, do you love Jesus? I would have said yes. But if you had asked me, Brian, are you, are you energized by serving God right now? I would have had to say, mm, absolutely not. And you know, when God describes his church, let's take a look at the church in the book of Acts and just notice how he describes them. And I think you're going to see he describes them in terms of energy. Just look at this. This church in the book of Acts, the first thing it describes to them is a deep sense of awe came over them all. Have you ever been in a place where something was awesome to you? That is an energizing spot. And then it mentions this, that they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a place where you were so excited about someone or something that you were willing to, and you didn't have enough money to be with that someone or something, that you were willing to sell something to get there? Friends, that is an energized spot. I remember before we moved to Maine uh, 20 years ago, being in that spot, and I had a Mustang. I mean, this was the car that got me through college. This was my cool, this is the car I snagged Raquel with. That's how important this car was, right? But you know what? We didn't have the money to get to Maine, so I sold that car. And you know what? It didn't feel like a sacrifice at all because of what God had put in front of us. I knew that was what was exciting. See, the, the Mustang wasn't exciting any longer. It's what God had put in front of me. That's what was, what, is, what was exciting. And I think sometimes when we look at this picture and we read these verses like that, we think, oh, the sacrifice these people did. And yes, they were sacrificial, but I think you're looking at the wrong, through the wrong lens. If you're looking at it through the sacrificial lens, friends, they're energized. They are so excited about God's activity in their own hearts, their own lives, and in their friends around them. And in this church, they're so excited about it that they're, that's what's produced. It's the energy producing the sacrifice, not the other way around. The Bible says they worship together in the temple each day. I mean, it takes energy to get here on a weekend. They were gathering every day, not out of guilt, not out of religious duty, but because this was exciting to them. It was fun to them. The energy of God was truly flowing through them. The Bible says they shared their meals with great joy. Friends, that's energy. Great joy it is. If you have a spot of where you're experiencing great joy and generosity, all these things describe energy. It goes on to say that they were praising God and the Lord was adding to their fellowship daily those who were being saved. This vision statement of transformed lives, yes, it is our lives being transformed, our children, our families, absolutely. But friends, it never stays. If, if we're only concerned about ourselves. That transformed lives is about the people that God is intentionally bringing in our path, our pray for ones. We recognize our friends, co-workers, that God is trying to transform this world and not just us. Now, here's the issue. Here's the problem. If we don't live with our Christian experience with this kind of energy, 
And we say, you know, I really don't need that kind of energy. Well, this is not the only church described in the Bible. Fifty years later, the Bible describes another church in a place called Laodicea, a different location, different church, different leaders. You know, they didn't have Peter and Paul. Their leaders probably weren't quite as energized. And here's the condition that this church was in. Jesus says to them, because you're lukewarm, this church was not energized. Now, I bet if you stopped and if you had interviewed any of the people in this church and said, how are you doing? Do you love Jesus? I bet you they would have said, yeah, I love Jesus. How are you doing? I think they would have said, I'm okay. But what was God's estimation? He says, you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. He says, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. He, he goes on to say, this is, what the, this is the condition they thought they were. And you say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and I do not need a thing. Gang, that's what the world is shooting for. The world is shooting for a spot. And if you're just living like the world is living, your goal is just to be in a place where you're okay, where you're all set. You don't need a thing. Isn't that the goal of this world? Well, what's Jesus' estimation of that goal? Friends, don't wait till the end of your life and look back that I lived my entire life with my goal being okay, all set. Here's Jesus' estimation of all set. He says, you don't realize, you don't realize you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Don't you think if you were wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked, you would know it? Well, Jesus says they didn't, they didn't. And you know what? I can look back at my own spiritual experience and look and find times in my life where I was far from God. And and I just didn't recognize it. So how how should we be recognizing it? Your energy is, is really one of the most simplest ways. Your energy for God, your energy to serve God, your energy to further His purposes, your excitement about His people and Him. That really ought to be a measuring stick for us. Now notice His correction to them. He goes on and here's His fix. And if you feel like this is your problem, by the way, here's the biggest part of a vision. Nobody's ever willing to do the things it takes to get to that place until you realize that here is not okay. If here is fine, and, and where's here for most Christians, for most people, here is just, it's just okay, feeling like I'm all set, I love Jesus, I'm on my way to heaven, not really energized, but friends, okay is not okay. It's not okay. We've got to go there. This is not acceptable. But his answer to them, interestingly enough, he says, I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent. This word is translated zealous in other translations. I want you to notice this. Jesus' answer for this church is energy, zealousness. Be, be diligent and turn from your indifference. Indifference is the enemy. Indifference is saying lack. That's just lack of energy. If you're, if you're indifferent about your marriage, you're, you're lacking energy in it. That's why we use that phrase that a, a transformed life has gone from being drained by this world to being energized by God because it is. That's how God measures it, that when we're truly full of Him, living that transformed life, Gang, this wheel that we talk about, we have proven for years. And we can go, if you go and look at that church in the book of Acts, they were doing all four of these things. It was, again, they weren't doing them out of duty and sacrifice, but the energy of God produced a, a devotional life where they were worshiping Him. They, were, they had Christian friends that they were getting together with. We call those life groups. They, they had a place to serve. They were giving. That's what, that's what grow. Hopefully you'll attend that grow session if you haven't attended those grow classes. The purpose is to explain, to get you a spot where you are serving. Grow is about serving. Yes, getting on a dream team, serving and giving. Don't be afraid of giving, giving in every respect because that's part of an energized life and it ends up being something that you love. 
it ends up being the most enjoyable part of your existence. You've actually found something worth sacrificing for, and it's energizing to you. Pray for one. You recognize that God has put people in my path, and life gets exciting. I recognize God put me here for a reason. Right where I'm at, he put me in this marriage, in this home, in this job, with, with these neighbors, with these co-workers. God has purpose for me here. And part of that purpose is, is not, not only my life being transformed, but I'm going to be used of God to see other lives being transformed. Here's the bottom line, gang. When we live that circle, those energizers, those four energizers, we end up being energized. I pray that you will join us. I pray that you will jump in with us on a, a, on a transformed life. God wants your life to be transformed. Okay is not okay. God has energy for you. He has a plan for you. And he wants your life to be transformed. And when, you, when you're jumping in there with us, you are going to be energized by God. Good morning again, Life Church. I'm Pastor Tom. And uh, wasn't that, I had no idea that Pastor Brian had a Mustang. <laughs> what do you think of that? Painted white with a spray can. Oh, yeah. We found out last night that he spray painted it himself. <laughs> I want to see a picture of that. But I could see him with a Mustang just kind of cruising, right? Can you guys picture that at your pastor? No, no. Well, I'm excited. They're up, in, like I said, at the Rock doing the message up there at the, in Bangor. And uh, I have a good friend of mine, Miss Pam, I call her. Pam is our church administrator, and she does a lot of things um, behind the scenes. If something's getting done here and completed... <laughs> It's usually, it's usually because Pam's involved in some capacity, usually uh, motivating us or, or to get it done or finish the job, and, and she's, she's awesome. So I'm really excited that you're up here. You are awesome. You are, as Brian would say, awesome. Well, great. Well, Brian showed us this scripture in Acts 2, and he talked about the Acts 2 church. And that was the first church, and it's just a great, and if you haven't read it, I'd, I'd highly recommend spending some time reading it because it shows us a lot. What were they doing? They were getting together. Every day, it seems like they're, they're eating together, they're praying together, they're spending time together. What they're doing is creating a community, a community of like-minded people working together with the same goals and helping and sharing and loving and supporting each other. And, and I went on Google because Google knows everything, right? And I looked up the term uh, for um, uh, community, and I found one of the definitions was a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes interests and goals. That's exactly what a community is, and that's exactly what we do at Life Church. You know, but Americans, you know, we idolize what independence, don't we? I'm a self-made man, or, you know, we, 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 are, we love being independent, don't we? And our culture is taught us these things, you know? But songs like, you know, it's got to be me, or I want to do it my way, or we love superheroes, right? I don't know about you, I mean, Superman, he's cool. You know, I mean, or, you know, when I was a kid, I liked Superman, I liked Mighty Mouse, and the Roadrunner. I don't know why. <laughs> they were my favorites. But Superman, he could do anything. He didn't need any help, didn't need any friends. You know, he was, he had this all figured out, and he was Superman. You know, but again, a society gives us this myth that, you know, being independent is really the key. Financial independence, relational independence, I don't need anybody. I'm all set. I'm okay. You know? Don't get too close to me. I'm not going to get close to you. I'm sufficient. I'm good. We've heard all these terms, haven't we? How come our suicide rate in this country is increasing every year? How come people are, are more and more people are, are, are being prescribed anxiety medications and things like that? 
There's a lot to it, but you know what? In other countries, they don't have it as much, but our country, it seems like it's rising all the time. And there's other factors too, but you know what? I think because we have this thought of being independent, God had a different way. God had a different plan. He wired us to be in a community with other people. He wired us to have relationships. He wired us. The key to happiness, God says, is interdependence, not independence. You know, you probably all heard that scripture where where, um, Jesus was, they were trying to trick him. You know, what's the most important commandment? And he said, you must love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, which is in Deuteronomy. And then he said this, and then love your neighbor as yourself. It's equally as important. Equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how do you do that? How do we, how do, we do that? And, that? and that's such a key element in our Christian walk. Well, at Life Church, we create energy and community through what's called life groups. And when you came in, you received, a, uh, again, a, a directory of all the different groups, and I talked about it briefly. And, and, you know, we want you to pay attention to our message, but it's okay to multitask while we're doing this and look through some of these. And say, you know, what group would I like to go to? And there's all kinds of different ones. Because it's so important to plug in and be part of a community and get really energized. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, it says, continue. So don't forget, don't stop continuing to meet. It's not just on the weekends that we do church. It's every day. What does that mean, Tom? We get together every day? Not necessarily, but at least another time or two during the week, get, a, you know, get with other people. We, have a, we do a great job gathering, don't we? In a building, listen to great music and messages and hang out and meet friends. Gathering is awesome, but we don't do well scattering, do we, as Christians? How do we take that same energy, that same feeling, that same emotions, that same love that we feel here after we walk out this building? It's by being involved in a community. It's by being involved in life groups and plugging in. You know, wherever, whatever we're asked to do in life, a lot of times, that, especially that's good for us, it's not maybe on the top of our fun list, is it? I just went to the doctor, and he um, said, you know, Tom, you're in a regular checkup, and he said, Tom, you're kind of borderline on a couple of these things. And, and he says, what you really need to do is lose that gut and eat right. And I love this guy because he's straight. You know, he doesn't mess around, doesn't pull any punches. He tells me like it is. I like that. And I'm like, oh, man, so I mean, like I got to skip, and I got to like get rid of eating chips and pizza? And he's like, yep. Oh. So I thought for a minute, is there like a pill I can take or, you know? <laughs> Is there a quick fix? And you know, there isn't, is it? Eating right is part of, because I want, I have kids and I want to see them get married and I want to have, eventually, a long time from now, grandkids. <laughs> but you know, I want to see them. I want to be around for this, right? Uh, and I need to do what? Take care of myself. Exercising, you know, we all heard that, right? It's good to exercise. And I, three to five times a week, I try to do something and sometimes I post it, but I fit it in my schedule because it's hard because I'm a busy guy and, and sometimes I can do it in the morning, sometimes at night, but I get it in. Why? Because I don't like buying new clothes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't want to. Ha- I, I have a set of fat pants, and that's as far as I want to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Especially about February, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> but isn't that true? You know, I, you know cause, but I also it feels good. I also God said to take care of our temple. You know, and this is the temple that the Holy Spirit lives in. So He said, take care of it. Don't destroy it. Don't ruin it. Don't let it go. Don't be lazy. So that's why I do it. Plus, it's also a good example, but I feel good exercising. But it's not fun getting up at, like Pam does, at 5 in the morning. She, she's a machine. But, I mean, I get up and early and exercise, and, and, you know, it's not fun. I'd rather not. We talk about life groups, right? 
We talk about going, maybe I could stay home. Oh, my favorite show's on. I don't want to do that. Or, you know, maybe uh, I get home and I'm relaxed. Uh, I got to get up and go to that group thing. And I understand. A lot of you guys don't sometimes feel like it. I don't either. But every time I've ever done that and pushed myself through it, I've always, 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 always been blessed by you, by people like you. So Pam has also learned over the years that these kind of things are important. And she's got some things to share too. After two services, I've learned to sit back while he's talking. <laughs> you never know when I come out. <laughs> no, but seriously. I've invaded your space. You have. Uh, he's here for to be Vanna. He's going to be Vanna for me. Uh, but seriously, happy to be here uh, and for life groups, talk about it, community. So, you know, we actually looked kind of biblically. What does God say about community and what have we found? So I came up with five things. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first one is that I need people to walk with me. I need other people to help me grow spiritually. The Bible says, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Well, the Bible often compares our life to a walk because it's a journey. <clears throat> Excuse me. You don't just sit still in life. You're not where you used to be. You're not where you're going to be. It's a journey, and so is in our spiritual life. It's called a spiritual walk, a Christian walk. And God's word tells us that we were never meant to walk through life alone. Now, that has nothing to do whether you're single or you're married. It's just that we need people to walk through life. And even if you're an introvert, okay, you need people in your life to help you grow. And so I kind of thought in my life, spiritual life, how that's helped me in the very beginning of church. Uh, Ruth used to have a Bible study here and on, during the day, and I would go to it and just kind of sat back. And finally, one time I said to her, because she'd always ask people, anybody want to pray? And everybody's eyes would go down. You know that feeling, right? I said, Ruth, if you ever need anyone to pray, let me know. And I was scared to death to pray in front of people. And I was hoping she'd never ask me, but of course she did. You know, but that's how I just grew spiritually because I got out of my comfort zone a little bit. And it's kind of like an elastic. Once you pull it, it never quite goes back to where it was. And also faith comes by hearing. And when you hear other people speak, all of a sudden, you know, sometimes you have like that aha moment. It's like, I have heard that a hundred times. But just how you said it, it all of a sudden it clicked. So we just need people to spiritually help us because our spiritual growth is not automatic You must want to grow. You need to decide that you want to grow. You need to make an effort to grow. And you have to persist if you want to grow spiritually. And that's what life, one of the things life groups do. They help you walk with people and grow spiritually. The other thing is, I need people to work with me. Now, don't get scared. We're not going to ask you another work week on top of what you're doing. But the Bible says that God puts us on earth to do certain work that only you can do. In Galatians, it says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. And those in the family of faith, that's us. That's people that go to church. That's people that are sitting here right now. That's people that will go to your life group. And any time that you use your time, your abilities, your talents, your encouraging words to help someone else, there's a word for that. It's work, and it's called ministry. And you know what? We all are ministers. And I know that scared me half to death when I first heard that too. We're not all pastors like Tom and Brian, but we are all ministers. Um, When we use our gifts that God has given us, that he's wired us with, and we use it to help others, that's work. That's That's God's work that we are doing. And in a life group setting, there are so many different types of people and abilities and personality. 
And you know what? You're going to, you're the only one who can bring what you have to that group. And maybe, just maybe, I heard Pastor Brian talk about this one time, and all of a sudden it clicked. It's like maybe you're going to a life group, Pam, not just for yourself, but for someone else. I'm like, ah, now that makes sense, because I've gone to life groups for a lot of years. I'm busy. I have friends, you know. Um, But maybe, just maybe, I'm going for somebody else. And when I started thinking about that, it just kind of flipped my switch on going to life groups and was much more excited to go. And we have some actual uh, service-type life groups this time, so a little work if that's because sometimes people connect that way better. But we have the Westbrook Teen Center that there's a group that's going to be going to and to Preble Street Soup Kitchen. And that's another way to connect through actually serving and doing work. And we even have Project Blessing here that is, uh, helps people going from homelessness into housing. And they meet every week. They do something. And it's amazing that, that it's a, a kind of a life group in its own, that they're working, they're helping people, but they are so close. They are always helping each other, tied together. And I had actually had a bunch of them over for dinner a couple a few nights ago, a week ago or so. And, you know, it was just nice that we were just talking, and they were all connected. There were conversations going on everywhere. So uh, we just encourage you to be a part of a life group for that process. And the other thing that I realized is that I need others to watch out for me. In Hebrews it says, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. You know, we live in a world, it's all about me, right? My needs, my interests, my desires, my ambitions. We live for ourselves. And even though we go to church, we still have some of that in us. But this verse says, just don't look out for your own interests. Look out for others also. And I was thinking that neighborhood watch sign, we've all seen that. That's a sign of community, right? It says that, um, that we watch each other's stuff, our cars, our houses, our kids, etc. So when I'm not there, you're looking out for me. And when you're not there, I'm going to be looking out for you. And that's so true of, uh, you know, of everything. Is anybody watching out for your spiritual stuff? You know, somebody might be watching out for your car and kids, but are they watching out for your spiritual stuff? Is anyone encouraging your spiritual life? Your spiritual stuff, so to speak, is for eternity. You know what? A car windshield can be replaced, right? But we're talking about a spiritual life that goes for eternity here. Um, And I was just thinking that, you know, I had a Suburban, and in the front, I think it was a driver's light. Go like this to Tom. Uh, When it would go out, I would never know it went out unless somebody told me because it was just, it never came up. So now I, all of a sudden I see other cars out there and like their lights out. I was like, I need to tell them because I know your light is out. But I was just thinking about that, how true that is um, just in life. And for Raquel, there's a couple times she's actually come to me and said, maybe I didn't handle something. They probably said something wrong is usually the problem that I run into. And, you know, she's just, uh, we have a close enough relationship that, she, that I mean enough to her that she's going to sit down and just remind me, yeah, maybe that wasn't quite the biblical way to do it. But that relationship, it didn't happen overnight. It's a, taken time because we've built a friendship and we've built a trust that she cares about me. You know, that energizes me to think that other people care about my soul. They care about me. And so we have, do have a few life groups this time around. Single parenting, one's for moms, one for dad. We have a marriage one, financial. You know, and it's definitely nice to know that people are watching out for you in these areas. And that's what life groups do. And then and the fourth one is, I need others to wait and weep with me. In Peter, it says, you should be like one family full of sympathy 
toward each other. You know, unfortunately, the Bible does say in this world that we will have trouble. And when trouble comes, you don't know it, right? It comes on to you fast. You don't have time for, to prepare. And, and I know we don't want to think about it, and it's kind of a hard subject to talk about. But when it's great to build your safety net, so to speak, now. Your network of support is your two friends. Uh, I think it was seven or eight years ago when Keith was diagnosed with cancer. You know, it was a boom like that. And I was so happy that we had been participated in life groups and we had some really close friends because a joke around here is uh, Keith and I know a ton of people everywhere we go oh Pam's gonna know someone and that's kind of, that is true but when Keith got sick it was our family that got us through and basically it was our church family and specifically it was the people that we had come to know through years of life groups they're the ones that came to our house and we had a prayer night this was years ago so that was a little outside of my comfort zone but it was it was good we had a prayer night but they're the ones that you know every day would text and call us and would check up on us and visited us in the hospital they made dinners. Some of them came and cleaned my house. You know, and I couldn't have gone through it with a few women that I had gotten really close with to help me. And when Keith got to the point that he lost his hair, uh, Pete St. Ange actually shaved his head completely and came over and had coffee with Keith, right? Who's going to shave their head completely? And these were all people that we had met through a life group. We didn't know them before, but we had formed a relationship with them through our life groups. And, you know, the ton of other people we knew, not so much. And even some of our immediate family, not so much. But our life groups were the ones that really pulled us through the darkest time in our lives. And if that ever happens to you, and I pray to God it doesn't, but really reality is something is going to happen in your life. And some of you are going through that right now. I just pray that you have a group of people like we did to help you go through it and You know, it energizes you to know that people care for you. And if you join a group and the first group, it's like, you know, I'm not sure if I really clicked or that's really where I fit. Don't feel bad to go and try another group. You know, it took me a couple to really find like, okay, this is where I fit. This is where I connect. So there is a right group out there for you. If you have any questions, we can help you. But I just encourage you to, for that reason, if you ever have to go through something dark, that you have a great support team with you. And lastly, that we need others to witness for me, okay, with us. It's like we're not going to ask you to take a Jesus sign out on the street, okay? So don't get worried about that. But God did put us here for his mission. And what is the best way you witness to people who don't know the love of God? It's by loving other people in the family of God. In John it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples, And that's what impresses the community, right? See how they love each other. As Tom said, we gather well, but how well do we scatter? We need to do both. You know, an example, even uh, when Keith was sick and our family and friends just saw our church community come together, that was, we were witnessing in that way. And our son got married this past uh, summer, and a lot of the people that had gotten us through the sickness uh, we're there and celebrating uh, that, and they all, so everybody around us kind of knows those are their church friends. And we were having more fun than anyone else. We were the first on the dance floors, we were the last to go. But you know, we were, that is a form of witnessing right there. It's just that community, that closeness that you have together. And then just recently, at, uh, we went to the picnic at the beach, right? And we had our Life Church sign there, so everybody knew that we were from Life Church, and everybody was having fun, swimming, playing volleyball, 
football, uh, just having a good time. And a gentleman walked up and said, are you Pam nicely? I'm like, yeah. So, <laughs> and, uh, so we just got chit-chatting about different things. And it turned out that he lives in Wyndham. He plays a saxophone. Uh, so then I sick Tom on him. <laughs> and, and his world is different. And now. <laughs> his world is different. But, you know, he was just attracted to everybody there, having a good time, just kind of like being normal. Uh, and so now he's our pray for once, and hopefully he's going to be joining our Life Church community in Wyndham. But um, and hopefully a lot of the life groups do that. The two outside of life groups, they have times that they get together, and you know, uh, and that again, that's just a form of witnessing. And it's it, when we saw this gentleman at the beach, you know, I was energized afterwards. It's like, wow, that's exciting. You know, just just be out in the world, and all of a sudden you have the opportunity to check in with someone like that. So I just pray that all of you join into a life group sometime. But I know I've, I can always say, you know what, I am really busy. And I, and I remember Keith one time, it had to do with a life group, but he's like, I don't need any friends, which was not true, because <laughs> I had enough. But are you, you know, are your friends walking the Christian walk with you? Are they feeding life into you, and are you feeding life into them? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have friends outside of church. We should. I have a lot of them, just like all of you do. But it's just so important that we have that center here to keep us grounded, to keep us walking in the Word. So, again, I would just encourage you to join a group. There's many to choose from, and if you have any questions, we'd be happy to help you. Fantastic. That's you for Pam, huh? Great job. Great points. <clears throat> She's going to sit back now. She says, here it comes. <laughs> well, you know, we were talking about being energized, and one of those is being involved in a life group. We talked a lot about that. But, you know, I just received, we just received a testimonial, a note from a guy that uh, it's really kind of neat. I'll read it to you. And he says this. He goes, I've always heard about this deep level of friendship that God wanted for me with other people. And I felt that I was coming up short in life. You know, Even though I went to life groups and I wondered if I was achieving the depth that I was supposed to. It was a little discouraging to me, and I thought, you know, I'm doing what I've asked to do. I mean, I'm trying, but I'm not hitting the goal. Is there something wrong with me, he said. One day, someone told him that a person from his life group that he considered an acquaintance shared to this person that they considered me to be a, their best friend and how much the relationship meant to him. The more I thought about it, the more I realized how much I enjoyed and appreciated not only this person, but all of my life group friends. Having refrigerator friends was my ultimate goal that I didn't really necessarily meet. Now, a refrigerator friend, just so you know, is that if you, somebody goes over to your house and they don't ask and they open up the fridge and if they're hungry or thirsty. That's called a refrigerator friend. Now, if you get to know Pastor Brian, that's something he'll do. You know, right, Pam? The first time he was at our house, we owned a business and our ice cream freezer had broken. So when he opened our freezer, there were like 40 or 50 pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in there. And he looked at me with that old look, if you know him well. It's like, so you guys like ice cream? <laughs> When I went over, there wasn't any, so no. <laughs> so he's long gone. So having refrigerator friends, he thought was the ultimate goal, and he didn't really miss the mark. But then he said to himself, what if I came home with somebody, and they were in my fridge? He said, I thought about it for a second. And I said, I know for a fact I would think it was awesome. Turns out my death gauge, he said, was broken. I kept feeling like something was wrong until I threw away that gauge. Now I just love my life group, and I love the people in it without judging how deep our relationships are. 
I know this much. I have an amazing respect for those people, and I get closer to God and to them every time I go. I still have weeks where I'm strongly tempted to miss, but every time I push through, I am so glad I do. I thank God for how my faith has grown here at Life Church, and my life group has been a big part of it. Isn't that cool? I can tell you, folks, and I can promise you this, that if you give it a shot, you won't be disappointed. You know, as looking at this testimony, there was a couple things that, that stuck out to me. Number one is, is showing up is half the battle. I don't know about you, but it says in the scriptures that where two or more are gathered, God's presence is there. And there's something special, something magical. It's not magic, but something magical about it when you get together in a small group and sharing God's word or sharing a message or, or talking about scripture or talking about life, he shows up. But I can tell you that I've been involved in several groups over the last 16 years, roughly. And every single group I've ever been involved in, I've been blessed. I've had moments where I didn't feel like going. I was tired. I was busy. I didn't feel like it. Whatever. And when I showed up and hung out with you folks, it changed everything. It changed everything. So showing up is half the battle, folks. You think maybe, oh, I, I, I need to know scriptures. I, no, you just need to go. You just need to be there and watch what God will do. He will make use of you. <clears throat> the next thing is having the right expectation. You know, when I first went to my first life group, it was about 16 years ago or so, and, and I had this thought back then, you know, I thought I was a big shot, you know, and I thought I knew everything. I said, I'll go. They probably need me or something, you know. And I, Really, I was just, whew. and uh, I showed up, and then I was, and I would size everybody. Well, what are they going to do? What are they going to help me with? Oh, well, I don't need to listen to him. Or It was just weird how this was going on. And then somebody would say, oh, I didn't know that. Was in, and then I started opening up a little bit more. Because I, I didn't know that I didn't know. <laughs> and I, there was things I didn't know about God's word that was in there. And I heard some things, sayings out there in the world. But that came from the Bible? I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. And I heard some stories and I heard some other things. And, and then I started letting people in my world a little bit at a time. And I became friends with some people that today, some of those friendships are still there. And I can count on those people to this day if I needed something. If I know that I know that I was in a bind or having a challenge or, or I was in even a tragedy, I can make a phone call and they would just be there. That's invaluable. What's, a price? What's the price of that? Uh, and you don't want to be in a situation where you have to find out the hard way that you don't have friends. I was talking to a gal this week. And um, her dad's diagnosed with cancer, and he doesn't have long. And, and she was asked for prayer, and we talked a little bit. I said, I'd love to go meet him. Let's go have coffee. Let's go talk. And he's like, no, he doesn't think he needs anybody. He's all set. Kind of tough guy, you know. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. As Pastor Brian said in the video, being okay, it's not okay. Just okay is not okay. He's missing out on all kinds of things, the caring, the loving, the encouragement, the sharing life together, even in the tough times. He's missing all of that because he thinks he's all set. And it hurts my heart when I hear stuff like that. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. And you don't want to find out when maybe it's too late when you're going through something. So have the right expectation. When you go, ask yourself, God, what do you have for me? And you'll be amazed over the periods of years that I started in getting involved in life groups, there's things that would come out of my mouth that would help people. And they'd be like, thank you, Tom. I didn't look at it this way. And wow. And I was like, wow, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> but it wasn't me. It was God using me because I'm not very awesome. Hang out with me for a few minutes. You'll figure it out. It's true. I'm just a regular guy. But God will use me if I'm available. 
That's exactly what he's done every time, over and over and over again. And that's such a blessing. So again, take this. Go through it. On the back of your connection card, there's a place to sign up for a group if you know which one you want to go to. Or if you don't know, say that you need some help and we'll help you plug into a group. We'll find it. We'll figure it out with you. Pam knows them all. We will help you get connected to a community and get really energized. Not energized. We're pumped up for a minute and down the next. You know, pumped up and down. Pumped up and... No, no, no. Energized through life. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you for the word. Thank you for these people, this community of believers that are willing to say, yes, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be involved in a group. I'm going to make some friends. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be available and watch you show up, Lord, and they're stepping on a faith. Maybe some on the fence right now, and they're not sure. Help them make a decision to today say, yes, I'm going to do it. And we ask you to bless these next life group sessions. And have your love shine through them all. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, we're Mike and Ashley Genovese. And we've been coming to Life Church for just about a year now. And uh, we're excited to have Life Group starting up here in a couple weeks. The reason we started Life Group was to really get to know people. We're new to the area. And... uh, We moved from South Carolina about two years ago, and we knew when we moved here that we needed to get involved in a church, and when we we came to Life Church and God led us here, we realized that um, it was a large church, it was growing, it was exciting, um, which can be challenging in a way to get to know people and to really connect with people. So we were very excited when we saw that there were life groups and small groups that Um, could help us sort of make a big church smaller and to be able to really focus on relationships with a smaller group of people. The first life group that we joined was the Newcomers life group that Tom um, hosted and that was a great opportunity um, because we were so new to the church. You know, we just felt like we could blend in being the newbies. Um, But it was a great time getting to know new people and um, then after the six-week um, study ended, Tom asked us if we would be willing to host. And it was something at the time that we had a new baby, we had a four-year-old. Life was just really busy with a lot of new scheduling and all. But um, we knew it was something that we should try to do. And, um, and we did it. And um, we opened up our home. And it's just been really awesome to see how God's placed certain people in our life group that we need in our life. And it's been encouraging to us as a family. So I would encourage you that if you haven't tried a life group, give it a shot. I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. You're going to have the opportunity to connect with other members of Life Church and to really encourage each other to grow in the Christian life. And just give it a shot. I know you'll be blessed.